Hello and welcome to the Conspiracy Theory Test. I'm Karen. And I'm Ivan. And uh, we are back, back, back again after a, another little mini hiatus. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's the summer holes. It's grand. We just took a lot of we just took that builder's fortnight. Of, yeah. you know, <laughs> but like turned it into like two fortnights yeah. or something like that. Totally fine. Totally just didn't miss us that much. It's fine. We're coming back. Anyway, tell you what we did miss Ivan, our year anniversary. Did we <laughs> I year. didn't I didn't check this. Is it a year? I think it might be. I feel like it was August when we recorded. Maybe it was September. Time no. isn't real <laughs> anymore. I feel like a really bad husband. I feel like I should have picked up like flowers in the garage on my way to recording. Yeah, I think we owe each other some some like yeah, shitty flowers or like uh new earphones or something like Yeah. I'm gonna have a barbershop quartet show up to your house and serenade you. I would love that so much. Leave I would with love me. that. Please, if we know, I actually think we might know somebody. I know someone who might do barbershop if I ask them really nicely. Do I know them? That's amazing. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Okay. Do you know what, Van? We didn't miss the anniversary. Do I meet on Fuller Shine? Thank God. Oh, that's Ooh. great. Oh, now we can make a big hubble about this. Sorry, but I feel, it feels like I've, we've been off for a year. That's really. <laughs> You I'm know. gonna uh, when when is our anniversary Did so we published the first episode on actually on the first of October oh great that's great isn't it that it was the first of the month that's easy to remember I'll remember yeah. that now I can't wait for my flowers okay <laughs> and your barbershop quartet and my barbershop quartet you're gonna wine and dine me you're gonna woo me I'm gonna Again. romance you I'm gonna try to bring the spark back to this <laughs> uh and you you and you and your wife Laura yeah, <laughs> you will woo me. <laughs> Double the wooing, Grace. Double the wooing by my favorite wives. <laughs> first wives club. First wives club, yay! Uh, I want to be in a first wives club. You can join, yeah. We're each other's first wives, so you can join us. But I have no wife of my own. But you can be in the club; it's fine. Okay. All right. Oh, we have to get matching white suits. Oh, the dream. Yeah, and you'll have to get a wedding band. <laughs> Oh, it's wearing my finger or one that plays songs? Both. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. It's cascaded so, now. For those of you that have missed us, uh, welcome back. Thanks for tuning in yet again. If you're new here um, and this is the first time you're listening, just a little premise of what we do. Uh, each week, Ivan and I pick a conspiracy theory. and uh, We try and convince one another of its validity and its probability or improbability in some cases as well. Um, so yeah, that's generally what we do. We try and have as much fun as we can while doing it. So is there any housekeeping, Ivan? The last bit of housekeeping, as far as I can see, is just our last polls. So yeah. you, you flew away with it last time, Karen. 60% of people agreed with you that London 7-7 was an inside job. Yeah. And for me, for when I asked who kidnapped Chergar, 89% said the IRA. So I'm going to take that as a colossal loss since I was agreeing uh, with the mafia. 11%. Everyone's pro ra here. It's <laughs> not a pro ra, just pro ra on that. Like. I mean, if you are, you are. That's fine. Yeah, but... It's your own business. <laughs> mm, not ours. <laughs> but some stellar, some stellar polls there. That was great. Any housekeeping from you this week, Karen? Not a bit of housekeeping for me this week at all. Um, just looking forward to getting into the episode. So it's your turn to go first, Ivan. What have you got for me? Right, we'll get stuck in. What I'll tell you this week, Karen, is 
This week's theory is very simply and very mysteriously just called This Man. Okay, now, you know the way I don't like scary things. Oh, uh, do you know about this? No, but is this scary? It's, is this like I, a horror type of a thing? You remember, like, that's okay. Exactly, yeah, because I wasn't, uh, I was going to say, it's not, so there isn't a trigger warning. There's no real issues like that, but it is very spooky. <laughs> so just be glad we're recording this at nine in the morning. <laughs> yeah, thank God, like nighttime recordings. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> We are almost in spooky season, to be fair. See, I'm kind of building up to that, I think, by going for these. And uh, this week, it's a recommendation by um, the third member of this three-way marriage, Laura. So thank you very much. Our our other wife. Our other wife, yes. Our first wife. Of the first wives club, Laura. (laughs) So yeah, if you are easily spooked, maybe you want to skip on to Karen's theory but what do I skip on to now (laughs) you're trapped (laughs) so easily spooked you're literally wired up to that laptop you're stuck with me okay (laughs) I'll try to keep it as unspooky as possible I love that you got that from the name it's I thought it was a really vague name I just said just the man it just sounds so spooky isn't that like but that's the thing that the like I think this is like bringing up some childhood trauma because you know the way when you were like acting the bollocks as a kid and your parents would be like the man is gonna come and get you now if you don't stop acting up the oh, man it is, is gonna give to out us. to you yeah. like the man says that you have to eat all your dinner before you can have sweets were you ever the man Karen well the oh. woman I guess the lady as you're called when you're working a supermarket and you're coming down the aisle as a pimply 16 year old and some mom <laughs> says to their kid the lady's coming for you now she's really annoyed at you <laughs> oh thank god I was never put in that position no it's overwhelming to say the least <laughs> yeah yeah I was like, I'm not ready for this responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the lady you are yeah <laughs> I've never been a lady. I might have been a wife in a first wife's club. I've never been a lady. I'm more of a tramp myself. So. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a short one anyway, so we're keeping the scares to a minimum. Fab. And my sources are Gizmodo and Vice. So the story starts in a psychiatrist's office in New York in 2006. So off to a good start, it's not starting in any kind of back alley or anything. This is a well-lit, unscary kind of psychiatrist office. (laughs) Great. We love a well-lit psychiatrist office. (laughs) So during a session, a patient describes a recurring dream where the same man appears and gives her advice on her personal life. And the strange thing is that the patient has never met this man in her real life. She doesn't even know if he exists. So... The psychiatrist takes a bit of an unconventional approach to deciphering this dream and suggests that she draw him. And nothing really comes of that because I don't know if it even is a kind of an exercise. It just kind of lies on her desk then for a few days, mostly forgotten. Until one day during a different session, a male patient sees the portrait and tells her that he's been visited by this character in a dream. And also Uh, that he's never met him. uh, Yeah, uh, is right. Really spooky. Both patients only ever referred to him as this man. So the shrink decided to show the portraits to some colleagues, asking them to show them to patients with recurring dreams themselves. Um, Within only a few months, four more patients had recognised the same man from their dreams. 
also only referring to him as this man. So this led the psychiatrist to ask more people in the field about the phenomenon. But she wanted to spread the story across the world. So and she wants to reach a larger sample, you know, yourself testing science, all that stuff needed a bigger sample. So she developed always need a bigger sample. You do loads of variants, all outliers, placebos, all the sciencey stuff. Yes. And she got that by organizing um, or developing the website thisman.org, which is unfortunately out of service now. Because that would have been like, why would you start a website about this? <laughs> I do. Oh. This is how little I know about kind of social media and stuff. I've no idea how she reached anyone through this website because no one's searching for this man. Well, maybe they are. I don't well. It might be searching for the man. Um, yeah, <laughs> to give out to their kid. Yeah, man's gonna come again. This man might. <laughs> So, <laughs> so freaked out now. <laughs> so over the following years, at least 2,000 more people claimed to have seen the ma- this man in their dreams. Like and exact same description. Exact same description. It's almost an identical portrait that all these right. people have uh, shown. In fact, I might do a little bit of, oh no, I'll save that in a second. I might try share my screen and show you him. <laughs> or i can just describe them to you but no, it's all... fine i'll do it i'll do it for the pod it's fine it's for you, you for our lovely listeners and fans i'll do it for them <laughs> so the two thousand people who said that they'd seen him in their dreams they were spread all over the world they were in los angeles berlin sao paulo new delhi and moscow and loads of other places as well now their dreams varied in subject matter Some were just conversational, some were violent, and some were romantic. And to me now, the romantic ones are the most disturbing here, because I'm going to show you the portrait of him, but I can only describe him as looking like Andrew Lloyd Webber had a baby with like a polished walnut. Oh my (laughs) God! What a description! That that description alone is truly like Andrew Lloyd Webber is terrifying at the best of times, but like polished one, <laughs> <laughs> but a little bit of like Podrick Pierce kind of thrown in oh, for good measure. Oh, I can share this now. I'll show you, and this will go up on the socials for everyone else. Oh God, I'm not like looking forward to this. Are you seeing that? Not yet, no. Oh, yeah, there I am. Wow. That's actually a fairly spot-on description. <laughs> actually bang on Andrew Lloyd Webber as a walnut. <laughs> it's all in the eyebrows and the very yeah. roundy head. Very roundy. Same hairline as well. Yeah, yeah. And the eyes. The eyes are quite similar. Very, very similar. I'm going to stop sharing that because it's it's a bit, the longer you look at us, the more grotesque. Yeah, oh, and that's stuff do. on my screen. Great. Because I, I, I ate a lot of Mexican food last night and now I feel a bit ill. It's, it's coming back for you. <laughs> I hope not. It's great food, but like that photo would turn your stomach. <laughs> Put you off forever. <laughs> 100%. So the dreams were so varied that one participant claimed they could be broken down into two categories. And the first one concerns typical nightmares where this man 
scares, chases, kidnaps, and sometimes kills the dreamer. Kind of interesting. Normally you don't die in your dreams, do you? Uh, I don't think I've ever died in any of mine. I rarely remember mine, but like other people have died in my dreams. <laughs> like I've died in your arms tonight, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but then the well, second, then. thank you. <laughs> the second category is completely different where the man is friendly and just stares at the dreamer, sometimes helping him in some way. That's also disturbing though, though. Sitting yeah. Sitting there and staring. Yeah, staring silently. It's quite creepy. Okay. I, are you ready for a few excerpts from dreams as described by participants? Okay. So the first time I had a dream about this man, I was having a hard time at work. I had a dream about getting lost in a huge and deserted shopping mall. Suddenly this man appeared and I started running away from him. He chased after me for what seemed like an hour until I found myself against a wall in the kids area in a supermarket. At this point, he smiled at me and he showed me the way out towards the cash desks and I woke up. Ever since that night, this man has appeared in all of my dreams and he always gives me directions to get out of the dream and to wake up. So not too scary. No. I'll give you another one to show you how different they can be. Okay. I was in my room and I heard muffled screams coming from my parents' room. I heard things being dragged in the hallway outside my room and my door slowly started to open. There was this man walking into my room while dragging both my parents behind him. He slowly propped them on the wall. Sorry, I'm going to break the suspense there. (laughs) He slowly propped them on the wall, both staring at me. He wrote something in blood on my wall and stared back at me. It was too dark for me to see it. So I slowed my breathing and tried to pretend to sleep. After a while, my eyes slowly adjusted to the darkness and I could see the writing on the wall. I know you're awake. <gasps> Holy shit. I'm getting like goosebumps. Terrifying, oh. right? You'd nearly yeah, need absolutely. a nightlight in the middle of the day. Damn. So this oh, thisman.org deposits a few theories, a few okay. main theories about what this is, right? So the main theories are that this man is an example of Carl Jung's concept of the unconscious archetypal image. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're familiar with that? More so than I, I am, I'd I say. I am, and I'm familiar with Carl Jung also. So what what would you know about that? Do you know a bit more about that? What is that just like a neutral kind of image that we all yeah. have? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it would be, I think, like something like that, like that we would all... It's like those kind of like you know ink blot texts as well like you know where like you're all you know some some of us might see the same thing from the same ink blot so you're seeing what you want to see yeah almost i think yeah that would make sense because it is it's kind of a neutral face it is yeah it it can be like like a nondescript terrifying but nondescript yeah maybe maybe that's what makes it terrifying the more kind of nondescript something is like if you saw someone with a blank face with no features that'd be the most terrifying of all yeah, it's actually funny. Somebody sent that to me the other day. It's uh, I was only talking about this last night. There's some such a thing. It's like a two minute video. It's called the still face test that they did a few years ago on a baby. And basically they get like the, the mother is playing with her baby and the baby is like reacting and having a great time and like getting her attention. And the mother is like being really reactive and smiling. And then all of a sudden just stops. And then the baby is still doing the same thing. The baby is like 
you know trying to and then the longer goes on for the baby like starts to realize the, the mother won't interact the baby just starts getting really distressed and starts crying and then they, the mother starts again like oh there here I am but yeah, and the, the baby's fine again so yeah that kind of like still face kind of thing is like terrifying what a difficult uh experiment to carry out <laughs> you could not oh my god to do that <laughs> yeah definitely not definitely not but it was like the doctor basically said that like for for kids like you need to show them the good the bad and the ugly kind of thing so like you need to show them the good but if there's bad you need to kind of get back to the good so there needs to be that contrast kind of thing they know so do they recognize bad is that good for them but that kid recognized there was something up like do you know what i mean and then they were doing everything they could to try and get a reaction out of the mother like so that's probably a good sign the kids developing already those social skills that's mad isn't it just a baby yeah, yeah yeah like like not even a year old or maybe a year old but yeah it was very interesting oh god oh that's that's way scarier than this <laughs> these are just dreams i know it's very, that's very true very true <laughs> so yeah it could be carl jung's concept of the unconscious archetypal image and that people see so then that explains then why people see it during very difficult life situations like the one that the first excerpt describes so they just kind of come to them in that time or that's how people will interpret that image in that time. So another idea is that some people might have only dreamt about the man after learning about what they're seeing him, which would make a lot of sense. Like we are very um, susceptible to that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Even even in real life, when you think about it, like the amount of times when someone goes, she said, have you ever met uh, like john murphy and you go oh the name rings a bell and sometimes it doesn't sometimes you, you just might... say that yeah yeah you think and you really believe us but it mightn't you yeah. ring a bell at all or jim murphy or something does that's not a great theory there <laughs> but i know what you, I know what you mean because aziz is it aziz and azari uh he during one of his like stand-up specials he has this like he says, um, he starts talking about this article and he points to this guy in the front row and he's like, remember this article about Domino's Pizza? And he starts going into the description. The guy's like, yeah, 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 I totally read that. And oh, yeah. And, you know, and so as Aziz is going through this and like, I remember they said in the article, they said this. And the guy was like, yeah, you're totally right. And then this happened. And it goes on for like two minutes. And then Aziz just turns around and was like, that's bullshit. I made all that up. Wow. And it's not, I don't think people, some people are lying because they yeah. don't want to be caught out. But a lot of people aren't. A lot of people yeah. do believe it in that moment. It's that Mandela effect that, that we went through with, with the Avengers and stuff back then, like for that that collaboration episode that we did when they were going through all that Mandela effect stuff with us and we were like, bizarre, you know? Yeah, it is exactly that. And then just how susceptible. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Darren Brown where he puts up an image of a mint leaf and starts describing it and how you should be able to smell it at this point. And you can't, some people can't. But I definitely could because yeah. just because he was describing it. There you go. It just depends, I think. Yeah. So it could just be that we're all susceptible dopes who have had it planted in them. But so also some people think that it's people are inac- inaccurately describing the same person. And that again goes back to it being a neutral image. Yeah. But then there's two more interesting ones. One is called the dream surfer theory. And according to this theory, this man is a real person 
who can enter people's dreams by means of specific psychological skills. He gets around a bit though, doesn't he? If he's able to do that from like New Delhi to Moscow to... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an issue in that one. That would, that's why the next one may make more sense, which okay. is that a corporation was mentally conditioning multiple people to dream the same man. Yes. Yeah, you yeah. think so? Absolutely. Yeah. Capitalism Af- strikes again. <laughs> it's in your dreams now. Well, it absolutely is. Yeah, I think so. And it's because uh, that would make much more sense than one man because they would have advertising powers. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's an interesting one, though. Yeah, I would buy into that in a big way. Now that you've got the good ones, I'll give you the boring one that I always have to give a disclaimer for. (laughs) (laughs) The one one that Ivan never agrees with. No, I could not agree with this. This is so boring. So this comes from the theory is that um, he was actually this whole thing was an elaborate hoax designed by a sociologist and marketer called Andrea Natella who was known for staging subversive hoax. And to go back a bit and give that a bit of context, that's the person who described being able to break down their dreams about this man into two categories, one being very friendly and the other killing them. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, just disclaimer, had to get that one out of there, but we'll, we'll scoop past it. With all okay. the principle of um, a scam artist. <laughs> so that's, what do you that's think? Pretty yeah. I think the last one, the boring one kind of does make sense, but I'm going to go with the corporation mind control. I do like the corporation. Dreams. Yes. Because couldn't he appear in the background in like say a crowd in an Subliminal ad? messaging. Yeah, of course he could. Of course he could. Anywhere. Eva Etnia. Eva Etnia. There you go. So a short one this week to ease us back in that's good because i've kind of taken on a big one this week i feel oh good good you're leaving us out then i think so um and i'd like to dedicate this one this actual episode to to steven my brother uh big investor in the podcast him and andrea bought me this microphone for christmas but uh, it was his birthday yesterday so oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday steven, steven. What yeah, a man. What a man. What a man. What a beard. What a what a man. <laughs> um, Stephen was born on September 11th. Oh, God. Overshadowed then over the last few years. <laughs> Somewhat. For like the last 20 years. So because Stephen was born on September 11th, I am covering the 9-11 <gasps> conspiracy theories. Taking on a biggie. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Because uh, it's Stephen's birthday weekend. Uh, as we're recording this, it's uh, the 12th of September. So it's the day after. Um, and actually, so this is funny enough, and I'm sorry to give away your age, Christy, but it was <laughs> it was 20 years ago. It was the day of his 16th birthday. And I'm nearly certain, I might be wrong on this, but I'm actually nearly certain it was actually the same day he got his junior cert results. Oh, so just on from- <laughs> what, a, what a day for everybody. But it was a big day for Stephen. Very Aww. big day. Yeah. So his birthday has been somewhat overshadowed for the last two decades. Uh, can you remember where you were when, because we were actually, I was chatting about it with a few people yesterday. And we were all just started talking about like, because I was like a relatively young. I was a kid when it happened. Like, um, but, I, you know, it's one of those things that you remember kind of, like I kind of said similarly when Princess Diana died, I can kind of remember that. Yes. Vividly enough, as a, even though I was a kid. So can you remember when you were, when the attacks happened? Yeah, I was in school. Okay. And, you know, 
phones and all that weren't around so I didn't find out about it till I got home yeah same same and I remember then in school we all wrote one our assignment the next day was to write essays from the perceptive from the perception no from the perspective of the victims oh my god that's really like grotesque dark in primary school so I remember sitting around in primary school like talking about it for like a couple of days afterwards and remember I'll never forget I think it was like one of the tabloid newspapers had like published you know like a full frontal page of it with uh, like people jumping out of the World Trade Center like oh yeah the really um the the not great pictures they're really not great pictures I don't know how they got they wouldn't get printed now surely like or maybe what they are, would what are they called again the flying man pictures are they the ones something like that like yeah and uh, you know and even as a kid you, you were like oh they don't look like dots so you kind of knew what was you know we were just everybody was talking about it like obviously as you would yeah so visceral even for kids because you would have been a few years younger than me again as you yeah, continue yeah, to yeah. be yes <laughs> it's generally how age being born first works <laughs> that's how time uh, goes <laughs> yeah so i would have been in like like well, i would have been i would have been 10 been 10 when it happened but i can still remember it like you know and remember like we were talking about as kids like oh but it's time we're in secondary school like this will be in our history books and it, it was and it wasn't in some respects and stuff like that you know yeah so obviously as with everything there's been theories around it so i have some sources this week are from bbcnews.com rte.ie uh, wikipedia and inews.co.uk i also have a lot of in- information from the book on conspiracy theories by jamie king so essentially as a lot of us will know and a lot of us will remember um, many people would say that these attacks began what we now know and call the war on terror. But the main kind of, or there's two main kind of schools of thought on this uh, that we're going to look at and that I'm going to talk to you about that kind of adds to the conspiracies or where like you can categorize the conspiracies in two ways. Either, and this is the two tracks that I'm taking today, either the US government didn't do enough to prevent these attacks from happening or they were complicit in them. Right. Okay. They're either okay. complacent or complicit kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of what way we're going to look at it. There's obviously been, as with everything, like, and, and again, like, it's funny that we're talking about it now. This is a big historical event that's lending itself to theories. We've had this for the past two years with the pandemic as well. You yeah. Know? You know, so now, and any, like any major historical event, like Princess Diana's death, all that kind of stuff, stuff that we've talked about before, that there is going to be like conspiracies in around it. These attacks actually led on to groups uh, being uh, created. And this group in particular called the 9-11 Truth Movement. And that's still active today. And they are still calling for new investigations into the attacks. Wow. To what end, you'd wonder? I wonder if they're victims or the surviving family of victims or something. I don't know, but we'll, we'll get into it because some of them actually are, are like some of the facts and stuff that we look at is a little bit interesting for me, I think, anyway. So basically, they the public support of the war on terror, I would say, increased exponentially after September 11th. Yeah, like you say, it was pretty much invented because of that. Pretty much. So again, were the attacks allowed to happen in order to increase support of a war? that would have been inconceivable otherwise. A very conceivable idea. Okay. A lot of people point to the similarities between 9-11 and Pearl Harbor. 
Because again, a lot of people actually claim that Pearl Harbor was allowed to happen to further the war aims of Roosevelt, who was president at the time. Oh, a whole conspiracy in itself. Yeah. All right. We're going meta. We're going meta. <laughs> conspiracy in a conspiracy. <laughs> Even more worrying is that people make links between the attacks uh, and George W. Bush and Hitler burning the Reich, Reichstag in 1933. So the Reichstag were the uh, kind of German government buildings. So Hitler, when the attack happened and the fire was set, blamed Hitler blamed communists. However, many historians actually believe that a member of the Prussian Interior Ministry actually started the fire on Hitler's orders. Because what happens then? He and Hitler then ensures that the government has complete autonomy. He suspends civil rights and civil liberties of the people. In October 2001, you have the Bush Patriot Act. That reduces civil liberties and it allowed detention without trial of anyone the government deemed to be a security threat. Yeah, similar. Similar. So believable because I remember, I don't know the exact fact, but a history teacher telling us in sixth year that Hitler built a lot of monuments out of Whereas he had very durable material, he would have used less durable material because he believed that at the fall of an empire, buildings should be destroyed like they were at the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would make sense to me as well. Absolutely. And then, like, you know yourself that that he had like teams of architects and stuff like that, that he wanted to. Yeah, he wanted to have monuments and stuff built as well to himself the whole time. Yeah. Even more interesting is before the attacks happened, there was a, a new project called uh, the New American Century. And that was, uh, that was a, that was, when was that created? That was created, sorry, yeah, in September 2000. So basically the, the members of that party include, it was a strategic document, sorry. The project for a New American Century was a strategic document put forward by a group of neoconservatives in September 2000. This, this is taken directly from Jamie King's book. And basically it was outlining a new approach for US global dominance in the 21st century. So it was a think tank and members included Dick Cheney, the vice president, Donald Rumsfeld, the secretary of defense, Paul Wolfowitz, his deputy, Jeb Bush, brother of George W and governor of Florida, and Lewis Libby, the leader of Bush's 2000 election campaign team, who was then working in the White House. So basically what um, this document said was that U.S. military forces across the world would need to be adjusted. And I quote, if some catastrophic, catastrophic and catalyzing, catalyzing event like a new Pearl Harbor happened. Oh, that lines up very well, doesn't it? It really does line up quite, quite well. However, like it could be really unlikely that the government actually strategically planned the attacks because some, like the media would have got wind of it and would have become deeply suspicious. Right, it was too hard to cover up. Exactly. What is likely though, what we can say and probably what would be accepted is that like Osama bin Laden did plan the attacks with Al-Qaeda, but the US government did not act upon the information that they had quickly enough. Okay, so they had information leading to, up to this. They had information, both the CAA and the New York City counterterrorism offices had information, but they were, those offices were located in building seven of the World Trade Center. So any incriminating evidence is gone. Oh, convenient. Uh, quite, quite. 
And again, some more suspicions in and around this event. Geological surveys in New York recorded the greatest amount of seismic activity occurring immediately before the towers collapsed, but not when they hit the ground. Right, so break that down. Excuse the pun. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so many, that means that many people actually believe that the, the towers were blown up from explosives that were planted underneath the towers and not by the huge amount of fuel that ignited after the planes exploded. So have you ever heard that like infamous like meme quote, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams? Yes, yes. This is that's, your inside job kind of stuff. This is where, that's where this arises from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. John Farmer then is a former attorney general and he was on a senior, he was on the senior counsel for the 9-11 commission. And he actually ended up writing a, writing a book called The Ground Truths. So let me just grab that quote for you there. So the ground truth then basically, he claims that the official version of events is based on false testimony and largely untrue. So he says, and I quote, at some level of the government, at some point in time, there was an agreement not to tell the truth about what happened. So then he says the North American Aerospace Defense Command, also known as the NORAD, the NORAD tapes told a radically different story from what had been told to us and the public for two years. This is not a spin. Oh, a bit haunting. <laughs> a little bit. The head of the commission then was uh, Thomas Keane, and he kind of backs it up a little bit as well. He says, and I quote, we to this day don't know why NORAD told us what they told us. It was just so far from the truth. So really adamantly believes there. Really, yeah, that something, something stinks somewhere down the line. He smells something, yeah. Smell something fishy. Neither men, though, have any alternative explanation for the 9-11 attacks. Another interesting thing that you pointed to the attacks, obviously it wasn't just the, the Twin Towers that was attacked that day, it was the Pentagon as well which is like the head of like, or where all the defense forces in the US are basically. So Ivan, why was the building hit on the side that happened to be empty that day? The only side that happened to be empty that day. The side of the Pentagon that was yeah. empty that day. The only side of the Pentagon was empty that day was the one that was hit by a plane. And you know, it's funny you say that because it's only, I only remember it being hit the minute you say that. And surely that's just as prolific, maybe not as prolific as the World Trade Center. Yeah, I think because there were so many, yeah, that's it, because there were so, you know, as we said earlier, you had the images of people jumping out of the World Trade Center, and they were such an iconic landmark of the New York City sky, uh, skyline, you know, and um, whereas the Pentagon was kind of a hush-hush place anyway. Yeah, yeah. So why were, why was that precaution so, taken there? Because they... So it was being refurbished, apparently. That side of the Pentagon was being refurbished. So it was closed for, for a few days or a few weeks or whatever. But that was the only side that was hit. And that's because if it's an inside job, yeah, those members aren't expendable. Whereas the World Trade, it was strangers yeah. for all intents and purposes in the World Trade Center. Absolutely. Why was there no visible evidence of a destroyed airliner among the debris in the Pentagon? Well, there was no parts of, air, of the airplane. Nope. Not, in, not among the debris. No black box, nothing like that. Mm -mm. How come no fighter jets scrambled to intercept the hijacked aircraft until after the third plane hit the Pentagon? Despite it. it being a legal requirement for US jets to be scrambled whenever a commercial airliner veers significantly off its flight path. Christ, Karen, that's a bit awkward, but why even bother after the third one? That's just embarrassing. You know <laughs> what I mean? 
How come so much information about the hijackers was released so quickly after the attacks, including passport details from a passport that was miraculously found among the rubble of the towers? Just like last week. The last one we had, just like the 7-7 bombing. Why are six of the supposed hijackers still alive? Are they? Are they in prison? I'm not sure about that one. That's just a, a question that was included. Like, super, like, again, though, I don't know why six of them are still alive, you know? And then the fourth plane that day has also caused some controversy, Van. United Airlines Flight 93 crashed in a field in Pennsylvania after passengers revolted against the attack. But the popular theory here is that it was it was actually shot down by a US fighter jet. And why was that? Because the passengers had supposedly found out the truth about the plot and intervened, and the government could not allow any survivors who could point the fingers at them. Oh, you have to wonder as well why those ones were bolted. Because yeah. Would... yeah, absolutely. Because you'd need the whole plane of passengers to get in on that, really. Or else yeah. there's no point in one person standing up and refusing it. So some other theories then that we have, right, are, let's have a look. The, 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 the Twin Towers, as I said, were deliberately demolished. And the reason that this theory has a lot of traction is because one of the, I think it was CNN or CB, CBC accidentally or uh, said that one of the towers had collapsed when it hadn't. And then it collapsed. Oh, so, oh, yes, I have heard this. Okay, the information came out before yeah. anything happened. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one is weird. All right. There's no explanation uh, for that. There's no time lag or anything like that for that, is there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another one is like a missile hit the Pentagon. But again, thousands of people did say they saw a plane fly into the Pentagon and then photographed the scene. But again, why was there no airline debris? again there was none that is very interesting isn't it it is like absolutely uh, another like ups- like according to inews.co.uk another upsubstantiated ups- theory is that the, the passengers are actually uh, or the planes are actually packed with explosives and the passengers were killed elsewhere and dumped at sea well the explosives not at least explain why there's no debris why yeah. there's just in smithereens Absolutely, yeah. True, that could be another one. Yeah. Um, so there's some other, like, there's some mad, wild theories as well. Like BBC News reports of, like, the Jewish elite theory. Another theory falsely claims that no Jewish people were killed in the attacks because 4,000 Jewish employees at the World Trade Centre had received advance notice not to turn up for work, which is just ridiculous. Now, that's one of them bad theories. That we- <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. always some anti-Semites hiding around to ruin our fun, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's just, it is. It's totally ridiculous. Um, so other theories then as well. These are from Wikipedia. Suspected insider training, trading. So many conspiracy theorists maintain that just before 9-11, an extraordinary amount of put options were placed on United Airlines and American Airlines stocks and, the, and speculate that insiders may have known in advance of the coming events and placed their bets accordingly. That is large scale. That is large scale. Uh, there's an air defense stand down theory. Again, so as we said, NORAD issued a stand down order or deliberately scrambled flighters late or fighter jets late to allow the hijacked airplanes to reach their targets without interference. Because according to this theory, NORAD had the capability of locating and intercepting planes on 9 11, and its failure to do so indicates a government conspiracy to allow the attacks to, con- to occur. It is a weird one, isn't it? The lack of fighter jets. 
Absolutely. There's also a claim that Israeli air agents have uh, had foreknowledge of the attacks. Um, but again, that kind of goes back to like Israeli and or Jewish involvement. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of interchangeable to yeah. them bodies. And I think though as well, like it just, it ends, you know, and we're talking about these conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, Ivan and I take things with a pinch of salt, but I think it did, like it did change the world. It changed the way we traveled. It changed the way that we we looked at things. It paved the way, unfortunately, for Islamophobia, you know, that, you know, we people are still can't seem to shake the shackles of, you know? Um, and we talk about, I think Americans in particular, or people in particular talk about, you know, indoctrinating your kids if you teach them, you know, um, about like civil rights or gay rights or whatever. I think many people were indoctrinated to join the, the army after this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even like we were only watching an old Rosie O'Donnell stand up there the other night from oh, around yeah. that time. And she talks about her son going into the army after this. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching a TikTok video the other day and I can't remember her full name. It's Nikki something. And she's actually quite she's actually a veteran and she and she normally does like marvel skits and stuff like that she's great she's a really great content creator but she she said like you know we have to remember the heroes of 9-11 you know the the firefighters the, the police officers who went in like so many people who tried to help but she said like let's not forget that so many people were indoctrined into the army after this because they wanted to go and fight those people and she was like we didn't know who those people were we didn't know what we were fighting for yeah, and it's kind of done in the name of all these firefighters who were actually apolitical. Like they weren't going in with a with an agenda. They were just trying to save people from a yeah. giant crash. Absolutely. And I think we have to remember as well with this that so many people, so many people uh, lost their lives. And I'll just leave it with this. This is a voicemail that Brian Sweeney left his wife <clears throat> I, as as he he was on one of the planes. So he says, Jules, this is Brian. Listen, <clears throat> I'm on an airplane that's been hijacked. If things don't go well and it's not looking good, I just want you to know I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. Go have good times. Same to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you. And I'll see you when you get there. So tremendous, tremendous. Like we can talk about like so many theories and conspiracies. But the fact of the matter is that it, that it happened and it was devastating. Jesus, Karen, that voicemail was just like a punch in the face. <laughs> I know. Sorry, guys. We can get emotional sometimes here. Sorry. Drop that right into my gut. <laughs> yeah. But I think, not as I said, not to, we, we obviously here, we always like to talk about conspiracies and things like that. But we have to remember that there was a tremendous loss of life for, for many, many people. So what do you think, Ivan? What do you think is likely here? I think there are enough inconsistent listen I, it's one of those theories you're afraid to to buy into isn't it because there's a lot of damage yeah. around there's a lot of anti-semitism and that kind of thing around it yeah but the, and i absolutely don't buy into that at all but the amount the amount it changed can't be underestimated like even it changed the academic world i know there's one political scientist who had to go back and rewrite some a whole book that he'd written or he had to write kind of a sequel yeah. that contradicted the whole thing because yeah. he'd written the end of democracy or the end of uh, history based on the idea that once democracy came there'd be no more wars so there'd be no more historical events and this is the thing a lot of people as well are you know with the likes of like QAnon and stuff that are coming through now they they claim that stuff like this like the pandemic and and world uh, like the 9-11 like world trade center attacks is done now that we're going to be 
have the world global government now like that's what they're saying which is like again ridiculous you know yeah kind of based in a lot of racism and stuff but it did it paved the way for all the uncertainty it paved the way for conspiracies I think I think so yeah I think this is probably where a lot of it would have started you know because before that you might have you know you might have laughed them off and stuff but people really started looking into it I would say like my thing is is like I believe that Al-Qaeda did it I believe that Bin Laden was behind it absolutely but I think it suited Bush to have this happen I think it suited him an awful lot I think the the complacency that you mentioned at the start makes a lot of sense because like I was saying like that it was believed it was the end of history. There was going to be no, there wouldn't be yeah. any conflict on American soil. Mm. And Americans have a history doing this. Lyndon B. Johnson faked a document so he could get the Vietnam War going. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I remember le- learning that in like Lieben's Air History. They might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was like a document or a letter that was like, like faked, you know? And then again, like if you look, even if you took that, like loads of people said about that, about Bush was like, was Iraq his Vietnam? because like with Vietnam and stuff like like I don't think you know they were reporting and stuff but I don't think it was until like soldiers started coming home that they were like you've no idea like you've no idea what was going on over there there was no need for us to be there kind of a thing like you know yeah it was a bit of a house of cards and there's there's a quote from Bush now I can't this is I'm gonna say allegedly because I can't remember the exact quote but it is something along the lines of presidents don't want to have a war during their term but I do that's so bizarre. He wanted to kind of be a hero, like, because those are the well-remembered presidents, especially in America. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he, he will certainly be remembered for that. And then there's that weird narrative now of, like, everybody just thinks he's this nice, like, old man. Yeah, just because Trump is so ostentatious. And then yeah, everyone, like, thinks that he goes to a football game and sits beside Ellen DeGeneres and he's grand now. Well, yeah. Like, well, no. yeah, he's just cute now. He's not a, a war criminal anymore. <laughs> it's like no you're still like really bad like and then he had the really bizarre reaction to the news remember he was reading to the kids yeah i'll never oh, i'll never forget that movie clip he just kind of was just like although i don't know maybe what else do you do in a room for the children but that's true but like, you know what other reaction are you gonna have <laughs> but is that not 101 of being a president being ready for some sort of conflict or disaster maybe yeah true true so do you so you think it's complacency and a little bit of complacency maybe yeah I think more so that and then kind of maybe riding the tidal wave yeah into conflict absolutely and then you look and I suppose as well like you look what happened recently where they withdrew troops from Afghanistan and then the unthinkable just keeps happening every single day exactly what do you think Karen um I think as I said I think it was I, I wouldn't be surprised if in like 20 years from now, like we all of a sudden get a dossier that says uh, that we, they, they knew it was going to happen and they didn't do enough to stop it. Or as I said, I think it absolutely yeah. suited them down to the ground that it happened. I think it gave them the perfect excuse for to look to look for weapons of mass destruction that never existed in the first place. Yeah, that was the big thing after this. And like you said about Lyndon B. Johnson's papers, stranger mm-hmm. things have become declassified years absolutely. later. Yeah, so as he said, and like like that, it was a it was a tremendous event and one that we'll never forget. But um, yeah, there was many many heroes there as well, you know, uh, in America, um, and many unfortunately too many victims. Absolutely, it's unspeakable, and it's not it's not something we take lightly, but it is interesting. 
yeah it's interesting if you look at it that way for sure so that about wraps us up there you go that's it let us know what you think in the polls yeah absolutely um and yeah just interact with us we are on all the social medias we're all we're on twitter and instagram so at twitter we are at the conspiracy test on instagram we are the conspiracy theory test you can find us at conspiracytheorytest.com for our website for all our information links to our socials are there you want to email us in or send us direct messages or tweet us with suggestions we do take your suggestions on board and try and run with them whenever we can and we're at the uh we are the conspiracy theory test at gmail.com as well if you fancy sending us an email and definitely do like we like karen said we love some suggestions last if you listen to last week's episode it was a suggestion by maria v one of our listeners so give us an L suggestion and let us know if we do it justice absolutely and look after yourselves and have a great l week Ivan, i'll chat to you later chat to you later thanks everyone